What's up, guys? It is Richie here bringing you season two, episode 11 of the F1 podcast. We are filming this on Monday, June 13th, uh, which is officially one day after the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. I'm here with my lovely host, Andrew and Erica. Um, and we have a lot to unpack on an uneventful race this weekend. Psych, it was not uneventful, um, which we saw Red Bull go one, two for another time this season and capitalize on Ferrari's uh, misfortunes. So without further ado, before we get started, uh, just make sure to hit that subscribe button and follow us on our social media channels. We are on Instagram, we are on YouTube, we are on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Um, and also I stream uh, F1 content on my Twitch at xRichie. Um, so guys, how's it going? How you guys been? Are you okay? There's a yellow flag in sector one. Carlos Sainz looks like he stopped at turn four. It is Carlos Sainz who stopped at turn four. And there is Carlos Sainz in the Ferrari, was running in fourth place. And he's gone on, sadly, into the runoff area at turn four. Now, has he kept the engine running? Oh, oh no. And there we have a blowout coming down the Leclerc. street. And that is Charles Leclerc, whose teammate is out of the race. And Leclerc has an engine failure that is showering plumes of smoke onto the track and Ferrari have a double DNF here in Baku and it is game over for the Scuderia. Problem, problem, engine. We're coming uh, to you. No, absolutely <laughs> not. I think this is the first official team DNF since 2020 Italian Grand Prix where both drivers went out at the same time. You lose. Just a rough weekend for Ferrari overall there, eh? I Ferrari anything general after the race I I think I I dropped any drivers that were associated with a Ferrari engine on my fantasy team and, and I was like do not trust it it's not it's not going good um boy uh this is the fourth time Charles Leclerc won was pole position and still cannot uh get out a win uh so fourth straight um, Carlos is just did not look like it was going well. Um, you know, brake and, line failure. That was a big reason why, or that was his technical issue as to why he couldn't finish the race or why he went out on lap nine. According, uh, according to this, he had hydraulics issues. Ugh. So, so just to think about it, what was that? A like a few rounds ago, Ferrari were 80 points up in the constructors against Red Bull. And it's the complete opposite now. It is, uh, I think Red Bull is like at least 80 points up on Ferrari in the constructors now because right, they just seem to be getting one, two finishes every weekend or, you know, podium, you know, double podium positions. And then Ferrari just seemed to be, you know, lagging behind big time. It's so surprising because we had those reliability issues with a few cars in the first couple of races. And I think. For the most part, we all assumed that that had been sorted out. Like Red Bull hasn't had those same kind of issues. And to see, you know, the sixth, seventh, eighth race now, we're, we're still seeing those reliability issues from Ferrari, where everyone else seems to have figured out the powertrain for the most part, is, is kind of surprising, I think, especially considering that we had a couple two-week gaps between races. It was weird, though, because like Ferrari didn't have those issues at the beginning. So I don't know if it's just mm -hmm. a lack of judgment or just a kind of like resting on your morals, I guess, in Marinello and trying to figure out, you know, they figure the engine's fine. What, what can they say otherwise, right? But now they're going to have to focus their cost cap 
to really be able to fix the reliability of their engine now instead of focusing on improving the car in other places. And they're going to have other teams to respond to, right? So we had, uh, what was it, uh, Magnuson with his engine kind of just cutting out on him and the f- other driver, was it Joe? Yeah, yeah Joe, Joe had a technical yeah. issue with this engine too. So just keep, just keep in mind, so I think out of the five cars that went out, uh, that went out this week, um, four of them had Ferrari engines. Oof. So that doesn't really sell, sell well. Uh, and especially, you know, we have Montreal coming up, which we are very excited to be going. Um, but going into the summer break, uh, there's going to be a lot of pressure on the Ferrari team. Um, you know, there is, it, it, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they respond. This is the first time. I think this will be the first time uh, in two years, a lot of drivers are coming back to uh, Montreal and some new drivers don't know how to, apparently this is considered a street race, which do we really consider? Yeah, it's in a proper park, but it's a very narrow circuit with barriers around the outside, kind of like Jetta. Yeah. Um, Some other key takeaways uh, I thought this weekend was, you know, Pierre Gasly having a absolute performance um, uh, with fifth place. I want to note that, you know, double points from McLaren. That's really good morale, even though there was some fighting on team strategies there. Poor Yuki. Um, clearly, duct tape did not solve everything. Um, I was like, that was awesome. <laughs> I've never seen people rip tape more furiously and fast in my entire life. <laughs> but I, I've never seen a DRS wing just absolutely split down the middle like that. No. It was very weird. <laughs> and then they go and they try and fix it with the duct tape. And the FIA stewards are just screaming down the pit lane to say, you can't do that. <laughs> But like, what do you expect them to do mid-race, right? Like, unless you're going to retire the car or something like that, because the rear wing's not something you can just pop off and replace, like, the front wing of a car. It's like, like, wh- like what are you going to do? That'd be kind of cool if they could. If so they I, could, yeah. Isn't but... it kind of funny? Is it two races in a row that there's been DRS issues? It first was Max Verstappen's button that was not opening. And then now, like, the wing of, uh, of Yuki's uh, car just completely just go off off track. I think it's because new design in the car, right? That they got to get used to. So maybe some form of the reworking of the hydraulics issue into the new design of the car is probably one for Max. Or I don't know, that one maybe just like he had some debris that hit the back wing and it just completely like split it in half. It's really tough to explain that one. The only other thing I can think of is like if we're looking at the rear wing and it's got that slight curve in toward the middle of it, whereas before it was straight, maybe just like you said, it takes so much less for like a tiny Mm -hmm. impact of something or, you know, maybe from a past race, there was a little bit too much pressure put on it in that regard. So it's because it's curved, it's easier for it to snap. Just we're also seeing that a lot with like the new cars anyways, with you know, when people have big shunts it's like the car just kind of falls apart for safety purposes and tries to absorb (laughs) all the shock and in that case i wonder if that had to be incorporated within the rear wing as well but again first year of new cars so i think they'll be able to fix those issues as you go down the line so or as you go down the road so that they don't happen again yeah so are there anything in the regulations that talk about duct tape though like do they (laughs) do they think they're gonna have to add something in now Oh, they probably will. <laughs> <laughs> I can just imagine fans just bringing like duct tape to uh, at the race next week. And it's like, hey, you guys need some? We'll throw some on the track. <laughs> Too bad that won't fix Stroller with TP's driving skills. Oh, um, 
you, uh, you know, lose. We'll get into that. But I also, we want to give some kudos to Sebastian Vettel. Uh, a very good weekend with him. Um, Clawing himself across the line into P6. <laughs> and can we just take in, he tried to pass Ocon and then he literally almost crashed the car and then did a 180 spin like no tomorrow. Yet Lando took five times to do, <laughs> to backward. It literally looked like he was doing his driver's test all over again. I think that's really impressive. The fact that he was, that he even spun out and had to take to the back road and still finish sixth. Like, I wonder yeah. if he could have finished in fourth. Um, if he was able to pass Ocon, um, it was funny in the case that I, I think he was disappointed for sixth because he knew there was more there, which is great to see from him, right? His competitive spirit's back and it's welcoming for Aston Martin. And traditionally, he's, I think this is the first time he's fell out. He hasn't finished in the top five in Baku. Oh, wow. That's I think impressive. He was, yeah, which is, you know, sixth place. And he could have finished higher. Yeah. Yeah, it's for some reason he has a stroke of luck when he's at uh, at Baku. He's uh, done some phenomenal races, and I'm and I'm pretty sure last year his only podium that was not a DNF because um, he lost one last year was uh, at Baku. Yeah, because he had the other podium, but there was the gas tank thing, which was yes, BS, but nevertheless, <laughs> that was at Hungary, correct? Um, anything else stood out from this weekend? Um, I, 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 mean, I go ahead, Erica. Off the top, I mean, qualifying was pretty entertaining to watch. We had the last bit of Q1 feeling a little bit more like a sprint race with a ton of people trying to get over the line before the clock ran out for a final flying lap. Um, it was pretty surprising, though, because, I mean, we saw some people struggling that we're not used to seeing struggle. Like Alfa Romeo has been pretty consistently and easily into Q2 and uh, even Q3 in a couple of occasions, especially for Bottas. And uh, he, like... 15th like just narrowly missed elimination there and then there was nothing coming out of that car in q2 um we had some interesting driving from lance stroll uh wherein he pulled that spongebob meme of the tapping the barrier and then wanna see me do it again you wanna see me do it again and just completely ran into a barrier after even though his team told him it was fine and he didn't need to pit but uh, it just, you know, it was interesting to see the strategy. I think we had so many backups and so much traffic from a lot of these people that in order for, you know, the drivers to really pull out a good lap, uh, it was, I think, a little bit more work on their part, especially seeing as not a lot of the teams were really following like a strip, a slipstream uh, kind of strategy to give one of their drivers a bit more of an edge, but uh, pretty entertaining to watch. Yeah, and Fernando's back to his old tip tricks, you know, during the qualifying, I think during Q1 there with holding up kind of the line again before going off the track and Albin going completely off the rails on the uh, on the team radio saying that it was on purpose and he should be penalized for that. And it's, you know, it's, it's Fernando's little fun strategy going on, I guess, there. But I wonder if FIA take another look at this and make further regulations because that's all they seem to do is they – something happens in the race and then they react to it, provide a regulation and go forward from it with there. But I'm not too sure in that case. Um, if you're, uh, yeah, if, if you are an Aston Martin fan right now, you are like this weekend was for me was good and really bad. Like yeah. really happy that Vettel was able to kind of break out of a slump there and, you know, still perform well in vacuum with the car, but, Man, Lance Stroll is just holding this team back, like just beyond, like 
some capabilities like for the fact that you know you cr you crash into the wall during the you know during your kind of your outlap okay so you flat spotted the tires too and you just you choose not to go back to the pit to reach like to get new tire fresh tires for the qualifying lap and then you know about 45 seconds later you spin your front wing into the into the wall and you're finished starting p19 when you really didn't have a shot so i just i don't understand team strategy there um maybe it was a timing issue but still like get a quick pit going and just you know they practice pit strategy all the time why don't you just throw in a couple sec you know new tires a couple seconds and go back out in the and window I and i think he had time too there was still like two minutes and 30 seconds left on the clock which is more than a, well i guess pitting during qualifying is slightly different so maybe they were concerned about getting the tires on and back out or maybe not enough gas but still the fact remains that it's just like it was a flat spot it's, it would become an issue and if he did it again he obviously is going to flat spot. you're more likely to flat spot on the same same tire in the same spot you did last time anyway so um just i don't know it's frustrating because you you want the team to succeed and you can tell Vettel is getting dejected. And he, the reason why he came was for this team to grow. And exactly. just, this team hasn't been growing. So, but like, I think, uh, I think one of the things is going to uh, be interesting to see, because I think there is a lot of pressure on the Canadian drivers. I know, um, you know, Nicholas Latifi, there's some rumors going on that he's not going to be returning next year. Um, and, you know, it's, it's like, you know, uh, also Canadian Grand Prix this weekend. And if there's anything, you know, it's, it's not as easy as it is when you come back to your home turf. And this is the first time that Montreal is going to be hosting the Grand Prix after a two-year hiatus. Um, I think it's expected 300,000 people are going to be descendant onto uh, Montreal this weekend, including, including myself and Erica. Um, also, to the pod, it is still possible to get Andrew to Montreal. <laughs> it's always possible. So hashtag get Andrew to Montreal. Uh, we'll take any accommodations, whatever. Is that right? No. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> All right. So uh, we kind of so we that was actually from a question from Spencer is you know talking about um, how is Stroll's performance looking going into his home race. You know, I think we've already touched touched a little bit about that. Uh, thank you. I was just also just want to give a shout out to all the fans. I got flooded emails uh, and messages this week. Before we get into the fan questions, it is Richie here, and I just wanted to just jump in and say thank you for everybody who was able to send in a question. I won't lie, I did get some of your questions mixed up where some people said something and another person said something. So there are some errors in the questions of who asked it, but like kudos to all my fans um and the people from my fantasy team for submitting some questions but anyways make sure to hit that subscribe button and we're going to get right into it this week is a very short week as we're kind of gearing up for the canadian grand prix but um i hope you guys like this week's episode anyways enough about me talking let's get back into the episode uh love from it. request love it i i think they all just wanted to see what my rack my, my reaction was when ferrari doubled dnf <laughs> but you know what what sickos eh? our fans you know they want to see you in pain they want to celebrate your joy they want to see you in pain there johnny you, you know what? It, we have not had an f1 win i mean championship win since 2007 <laughs> still waiting still waiting anyways um so i'll start off with this one um you know, we kind of did talk about uh, this earlier about McLaren's success. And, you know, there was a little bit of a controversy on the track this weekend between some of the strategies. And, you know, 
they were able to pull out points, which was good for them, I think for morale. But um, one question came from, I think it was Brett um, in Toronto. And he said, does, does Daniel Ricardo deserve a seat next year? Yes or no? Whew. Okay. Um, listen, you know, actually, if anyone else has thoughts and wants to go first, I need a second to compose myself. <laughs> my, well, am I the only one who thought that he was quicker than Lando this weekend? Well, um, they were fighting on the radio. Yeah, it was, it was engineers. so hard. Cause he, cause he kind of gave up his opportunity to pass him for team strategy in the first stint. And then in the second stint, it kind of like repaid the favor, but he wasn't wanting to. And it was kind of funny because of how close he crossed the line to Ricardo in the final lap. He got right up his ass. <laughs> it, kind of, it was kind of a way to say, hey, I could have overtaken him. But, um, you know, you got to, I guess, repay your teammate. And that's the beauty of the sport, right? Individual team, individual sport practice in teams. Yeah. So it, it, I thought it was kind of interesting that, you know, when Danny making a sacrifice in stint one to allow Lando to kind of go back out or to try to overcut, I think it was Alonzo um, yeah. or Alcon in, in the first stint. And then at the end, it just, I think the medium tire this week had a lot of degradation compared mm-hmm. to the hard, uh, where the hard was the better, the better tire, I think uh, overall. Um, but that degradation just, he couldn't, catch up to him and I think they were just on opposing strategies in that case so that's why Lando was kind of faster at the end there I guess I guess I want to add is I feel like this is the first race where actually people were able to use the hard tire properly yeah we've seen this earlier in the season where a lot of teams did struggle with um, just trying to warm up the the hard tire and obviously a hard tire is meant to last longer compared to a softer medium but it looked like from for the most part people who are on the hards this week um, were able they didn't really struggle I think it was a few different things. I mean, one, this circuit, like right when you get on the track, there's so many hard 90 degree turns that it's going to force a little more energy into those tires, I think. And second, it was 45 degrees down on the track, which is not like the coolest of temperatures that we get. So it's probably also easier to get some temperature into the tires that way. Um, Was surprised that a few people had the hard, because was Daniel Ricardo the only person to start on the hard tire? Or did we have anyone else? Oh, I think I think there was one other person, one other driver. I forget who, but yeah, he started on the hard. They kind of did like a opposing strategies to start, even though they're on this, even though they're on the same row, they just did opposing strategies. And I think it was a case of the hard tire being better than the medium as to why um, Daniel had more pace at the beginning. Um, but I think he kind of gave his confidence back a little bit this week in a points finish. I think um, in the post-race show, Lando was, you know, he even said he goes like if I wanted to be in, uh, uh, I forget what he said it's kind of like a bit of a run he would have gone and you know overtaken him but you know team orders states otherwise um, I don't know I think they kind of gave a little bit of team orders to give Danny his uh, yeah. confidence back even if it's like at the end of the day it's eighth and ninth place it's nothing crazy in terms of a points finish but Nevertheless, it's points on the board, no matter how you look at it. Um, but I think just to gain confidence back, it was to have Danny finish ahead of Lando. Yeah. And and whether, I don't know if it's, I would say that this is enough for me to be like, oh yeah, Daniel definitely deserves to keep his seat on the team. Like, yeah, it was nice that he had a, a solid points finish this week, but He's been so inconsistent and he's not able to pull pace out of the car on a lot of tracks the way Lando can. Yeah. 
And, you know, even like you said, like Lando got right up on him at the end there. And I'm, I was having Red Bull flashbacks from a few years ago for a brief oh moment. Gosh. Yeah. But, um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know that in my mind, he's been strong enough to, to earn a contract renewal. I think at this point, you know, McLaren's probably happy to keep him in his seat through the end of this, but. Well, let's see. I think it'd be good to see how he builds off of this, right? Points finish here. We're going to Canada where he's, where he won his first race ever in Montreal. I think Lewis Hamilton also won his first race in Canada. I believe so. Was it Canada or was it Hungary? I thought it was Canada. I feel like I looked it up one time because I was like, has anything notable happened (laughs) at Givenev? Yeah, first win, 2007. Okay, so it was Hungary. Okay, so it was Canada. Okay, perfect. So, I think it was Danny Rick's first one here. Lewis's first one here too. But it, it, just let's see how he does in the next few races, right? We have the back-to-back this week. We have a two-week break, and then we kind of go into Silverstone and another back-to-back there um, with regards to that and Austria. So we'll see. Let's see if he can keep momentum building. I know it's one race, but let's see how he does in Canada and see how this car goes um, in terms of it being consistent up in the midfield there. Yeah, I, I just I'm 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 curious to see how things are happening. I think personally, on my own, if I had to weigh in, does he deserve a contract this year, next year? I personally don't think so. Um, just basically how things have been moving, um, and just how he's done this season, I don't think it's de- deserving. There's much younger drivers that deserve that seat right now than him at the age of 32. Um, yes, exactly. So speaking about other drivers, so this question actually it came from Spencer in Toronto. Um, could we see Leclerc on another team at the end of his Ferrari contract? And um, I think the reason why we kind of talk about this is there is always a curse at Ferrari. It looks like, you know, a lot of drivers have gone there to try to do the Michael Schumacher dynasty and a lot have flared out Fernando Alonso, Sebastian Vettel, uh, Felipe Massa. Um, you know, unfortunately the list can go on and on. Um, but I'm curious to see, if there is a team that is willing to take, would take someone like Charles on. I, hmm, Any I team would be willing to take yeah. Charles on. Let's be real here. He's, well, so, right. but, he's but such a good driver. Would you see him go to a McLaren though? Like, could he go to their base of their opponent? Well, historically, what it's always been against McLaren. So to me, that'd be like if Max went to Mercedes. Which would just be, I mean, we did have uh, Vettel go from Red Bull to Ferrari. That's fair. So it, it wouldn't be completely, and didn't Alonzo go, well, he was Ferrari to McLaren, which is what you're saying. Yes. But, um, and that didn't I, work I out still, very I well. Think, yeah. No, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> he literally lost four years of his racing career when he, but he has some career. of the best radio sound bites ever. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, it wouldn't be unfathomable well also i don't think like red bull is looking exactly to snap up leclerc at any point in time i think they're very content with the talent that they've got both signed and coming down the road um but i i don't i don't think i would count it out like because he signed such a long contract that if he's not getting the results that we know he should because he's he's a very great driver like that that's all i'm saying well, yeah, if you get four straight, uh, unfortunately, like four straight pole positions and you can't like muster out a win, like you can't just put all your eggs in one basket on, on Saturday. Like you win the, you, if you're, you got to get points on Sunday. And actually sometimes 
you know what? Starting P1 is probably not always the best because usually P2 has got the better, better positioning. And we've kind of seen that been happening. Russia. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this one's actually more of a technical question. This came from Mitch. Um, he is the one that is overseeing my Formula One league that I'm 25th out of 50 or Eve, I think it's 28 out of 50. So thank you, Mitch. Um, so obviously we talked about a little bit of controversy with the red flag that happened during quali. Um, um, should there be a minimum amount of time put back on the clock if a qualifying session is red flagged an automatic cancellation if less than a certain amount of time is left? See, because obviously when we had that red flag, there was issues and people were kind of really wanted to go out right away. And there was a, accusations of slowing down this is obviously going to have to be something that's going to have to be probably addressed in, in, I'm not so much in the summer, but maybe for the next year. Um, or even a bigger, bigger question is like, is this a change that you're willing to see want to happen in the regulations next year? If most of the drivers um, agreed or drivers slash the teams agreed to this. Off the top of my head. I think it depends on when the red flag happens in the session, because if it's like on an outlap or a first flying lap and we've still got like 12, 10 minutes left in a session, I don't like people are going to have time to get an outlap and a flying lap or two in before, uh, you know, time runs out. I don't totally know how I feel about adding more time because I think that that potentially might, um, you know, cause some some arguments among the team like oh well this guy was getting his tires changed and might not have had time for another out and flying lap or you know we decided not to go out on another one but now you're giving other people a chance to to improve their time so i think it would be it would it, there would have to be a lot of conversation i think with the team principals and the drivers to see how they feel about that because i think for some people they think it would be giving an unfair advantage to to some people if they were if time was added to the clock versus um if they just kind of you know accepted it as is i'm sure some people would like it because sometimes you are either in the middle of your flying lap or you're just about to start it when the session gets red flagged and then you can't improve your time which obviously sucks but so much of quality is that team strategy and managing that time that I, I think it might just ruffle some feathers if a change like that were made. Yeah, I don't think you can add more time because as you mentioned, Erica, it just, it, it would be unfair to some teams who, you know, made that decision not to go back out for a run um, because they were able to do a strap, you know, able to strategize their Q1 session or Q2 or Q3 session accordingly. Yeah. Um, I think it's maybe a matter of a conversation because it takes a little while for these tires to warm up um maybe putting that uh red flag i guess threshold back a bit so instead of it being at like a two minute mark it's maybe a two and a half minute mark um or three minute mark so that uh you know after that three minute mark if there is a red flag the session's just over and no one else can take advantage of it and it's kind of like you snooze you lose sort of idea unfortunately that's part of your strategy there um because just then in that event it gives teams more time to warm up their tires and go for an outlap or I guess in a way, get to the front of the queue. Like if you know, that if, if there's a red flag that happens and you know, they're going to be back out, be ready to go back out and be at that front of the queue sort of idea. And um, maybe there, maybe there becomes then penalties because um, they did try to implement like the Delta time as a kind of a way to alleviate that issue um, for people going slow. And unfortunately that didn't really work out this weekend um, in Q1, but yeah, I don't think you can add more time. I think it's more of a case of, do you push that 
red flag threshold back a minute or so. Also, one thing to add um, that, you know, not probably not a lot of people under uh, know, and I think it's in the current regulation or just recently in Formula One is refueling. Um, you, um, I'm pretty sure the regulation does not, even, refueling is not even allowed uh, anymore. I think they have to set the, whatever the amount of gas they have. Um, so, you know, in previous, in the early years of Formula One, like you're able to refuel when you come in for your pit stop, but then it became, so if we add time to the clock and cars are still running and stuff like that just keeps eating it up. Um, that was actually kind of a mix, mix between options. Uh, uh, another controversial opinion is one of Reed actually sent this message saying my regulation change would be banning tire changes under red flag conditions. You know, I'm not totally opposed to because <laughs> <laughs> we've definitely seen some teams take advantage of that. And, and Mercedes, I remember Mercedes getting mad at saying why some teams were going to do that. Um, well, and that's how Max got the championship last year, wasn't it? Or was it just a yellow flag when the team? It was crashed? just the yellow flag there. Was it just yellow? Okay. It was yellow flag, but I think he got but, into the box. Yeah, it was, it's still, people even, are still even mad about it. that was sus. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm still fired up. <laughs> Not that I really care who won one way or the other. <laughs> Neither Lewis or Max are my favorite driver, but I don't know that changing tires under a red flag. Like if you're, yeah, that was I in mean, Saudi you just come Arabia, into the pit. It? That was in Austria. That was in that was in Jeddah, right? When they yeah, when Lewis went in because it was a safety car, and then they full on blown a red after he went in, which allowed them to change the tires. So yeah, I. I I can see, yeah, I, I can see why. I don't think, I think it's a good regulation to not be able to change under a red flag because mm -hmm. it kind of gives everybody a restart. Yeah. And you get lucky, yeah. you really get unlucky in that case. I generally think that is a fair proposal for my friend Reed. Um, you know, we've just seen too much controversy when it comes to under red flags and, you know. That's Even Lando's been very outspoken about not wanting have not allowing cars to change under um or not tires under red flag so it is yeah it's something that the drivers have appetite for for sure mm -hmm. my only consideration and i'd be curious to know and not that pirelli's going to give us any data because pirelli's whatever but if there is like an extended red flag session think about i don't know a spa is not a great example because they rarely got to race before we got the red flag but what happens then if you've had like a hot tire and say you're on like a hard compound tire, you've been out there for like 25 laps on it, and then you're sitting for like 20 to 40 minutes during a red flag, mm -hmm. and then you have to start again. Like, is there any potential safety concerns? Like what's gonna happen to the tire now that you're going out and you're trying to warm it up and use it again? Like, is there any risk? Because if there's no risk and like everything's fine and we don't need to worry about it, yeah, whatever. But like, I'm not an expert on tires. You know, you know what's a good, you know what's a good thing? You actually bring that up. Um, I'll just end off it here. Baku last year, Lewis Hamilton, there was smoke literally coming out of his tires. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure that was more of his brakes, but that is a good example of like, because they had to red flag the session and then, don't know if people were allowed to switch tires but like literally i remember he came to the starting grid and there's smoke literally coming out of his car yeah even before the lights went out yes um so i just wanted to know uh there's some other fan questions that we got here and we promise we'll get to all the we have to end the episode early today so we got about four more minutes uh before we uh, have to call this one um spencer did ask us what are the missing pieces that are possibly causing ferrari's reliability issues 
<laughs> um, Spencer, we will get back to that. Um, maybe we'll uh, engineer actually- talent. No, I'm just <laughs> You know what I responded to him? I said, you know, I did message Spencer. I said, Red Bull engine question. <laughs> but uh, I think Marinella would not like my response to that. Anyways, um, so we actually, this is really exciting because I think we're going to be going to our first ever Formula One race uh, this weekend. Yes. Um, so I think we're, we do have some planned social media activity that we are going to be doing on our F1 Instagram. So make sure to follow us on at F1.podcast. Um, so I think um, Eric and I, we're going to be, you know, we're going to be posting a lot of material on there and we really hoping to meet some new fans and obviously going to try to sell our uh, podcast. I let's try to get a hundred fans on Instagram this weekend. Can we do that? Where Just are we at? As... It's 70 something right now. Oh, damn. Okay. Oh, 74. Me, I swore. Yeah, that's fine. Hey, you both went to business school. Use your networking skills. Uh, 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 uh. I don't know if you knew this about me, but every time there was a networking event, I'd show up for a glass of wine, eat as much free food as I could and proceed to talk to no one other than the people <laughs> I already knew. So well, do those two now, things but... and then talk to people. <laughs> you guys speaking about school i just got a notification that i graduated from university five years ago today uh thank you uh snapchat i think and it was. for me it was five years ago thursday Small. Uh, it was four years ago wednesday for me i could it's moral of the story dog. i could moral of the story i could not ask for a better podcast in this team and because in a great school shout out laurier um <laughs> Uh, but all seriousness, yeah, make sure to follow us on Instagram for this weekend. Uh, we're going to be we're gonna be posting a lot of things. I don't know, Erica, maybe we just do a live stream on the track on Sunday. We're walking and maybe just like, just go crazy about like whatever our thoughts on. Maybe on, we'll do a live thing on Instagram or YouTube. We'll figure it out. We'll we figure some- it out. Just cool. prepare yourselves. There might be some beverages and depending on who is on the podium, we'll see. But a on that note, Regina. Andrew, yeah, exactly. Andrew, anything, your thoughts going into Montreal really quickly? Um, just want to be say, thankful that uh, Lewis will be actually racing this weekend. There was reports that Toto, because he can't figure out his damn car, um, was going to say that he couldn't, he was going to sit out race for his back issues. And that made me really pissed off because as a fan, as people knowing of fans and just fans in general who spent, you know, a lot of money going to this weekend to see that one of the best drivers in the world mm-hmm. won't be going there mm-hmm. because you can't figure out your shit is really annoying, but I'm really happy to hear that Lewis did confirm he's going to be able to race. And that's why he's one of the greatest of all times. And also could it be plus one, sorry, oh. Oh, go ahead. plus one to Christian Horner for the intense shade being thrown at Mercedes for their <laughs> comments about porpoising. That's all I want to say. <laughs> and could it be Lewis Hamilton's last race in Canada? No. No, 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 no. Oh. We will all talk about that in next week's episode. But on that note, it is Richie here with my two amazing co-hosts, Erica and Andrew. And um, thank you guys for listening to this week's episode uh, where we cover the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. Um, you know what? I don't, I'm not even going to fish it. Andrew, you know what to do. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. Uh, as, as Jonathan said, I can confirm that Eric and Jonathan will be there next weekend, unlike Total confirming that they have a car that won't be porpoising. <laughs> uh, but nevertheless, don't forget to like, subscribe, uh, like our, you know, our podcast on Refall, sorry, on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Uh, like our posts on Instagram, follow us on Instagram, subscribe to Richie's YouTube channel, and feel free to say hi to them next week. And if you're going to Montreal, uh, they will be there and they have the two biggest smiles that I know of people. So it'll be very easy to find them. 
uh, in Montreal this week. So again, thank you so much for listening and I hope you have a wonderful day and uh, let's go Canada. Woo!